The Cincinnati Reds have a bright future with talented young players ready to debut this year. But you'd never know it if you ask the man running the show. You are Locked On Reds, your daily Cincinnati Reds podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are Locked On Reds, where we are thankfully not a nonprofit organization. Thanks for making Locked On Reds your first listen of the day. We are part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and we are free and available on all podcasting platforms. I'm your host, Stephen Offenbaker, alongside our co-host, Jeff Carr. And both of us, we have a passion for baseball. Uh, more passion, in fact, in the Reds' ownership. We have a passion for the Cincinnati Reds, and we have taken that passion and we have turned it into information for you. On today's podcast, that SOB, that son of Bob, Phil Castellini, has once again found a way to open his mouth and insert his foot and in the process, alienate the fan base once again. Jeff and I are going to tell you what he said and what it means. But on top of that, we also have some actual Reds baseball news to talk to you about today. Since the Red Legs signed several players to new contracts this week, thankfully, uh, we'll have at least some baseball type stuff to talk about after we're done dissecting what Phil did this time. Uh, also on today's show, we are going to tell you about six talented Reds prospects that are getting invites to spring training and what that means for the 2023 baseball season. But Jeff, I think where we've got to start, God help us, is we have to once again talk about Phil Castellini and once again talk about the fact that the man simply cannot say anything without alienating the fan base. You know, you mentioned it off air and I think it, it's it's very it's very true. You know, Phil apparently has a plan that we didn't know about and that's to alienate every single person that cares anything at all about this baseball team. He started last season with the casual baseball fans and the fans that come to the ballpark every once in a while and spend a little bit of money. He pissed them right off and chased them away with where you're going to go. You would think he would have learned from that, Jeff. You think he would have learned to just say positive things and smile, but Oh no. Oh no. He didn't do that. Uh, this time he has managed to alienate <laughs> deep-rooted, die-hard Cincinnati Reds fans that invest their time and their money into growing baseball and growing the love of this team in Reds country, and Phil managed to find a way to tick them off too. Very likely a, a group of people that spend more time, more energy, and more thought than we do about supporting the Cincinnati Reds. Look, the, the Reds have an exciting group of players. I mean, we're talking about Ellie De La Cruz. We're talking about probably Brandon Williamson, Levi Stout, maybe Andrew Abbott, maybe Christian Encarnacion Strand, Matt McClain. There's so many guys that could come up this year and help this team and help this team improve, but nobody will want to watch them if the Reds owner's son keeps opening his mouth and inserting his foot. I, I, I we, we talked about this I, I've talked about this with a couple of different people is who signs off on this. And the question and the answer to that question is Phil. Phil has the power to sign off on this. Phil planned this presentation 
that on a yearly luncheon with the rosy reds that should be about celebrating the possible bright future of this team he decided to whine and complain about how hard his life is listen i have it on good authority uh an off the record conversation so i can't disclose who has told me this but from people that have been in meetings with phil and have tried to be a voice of reason on subject matters relating to the reds basically you know that doesn't fly in a meeting with phil you get shot down you get told to be quiet your information doesn't matter and phil is going to do what phil wants to do consequences be darned uh, you can't tell him anything and that is clear clear from what he presented to the Rosie Reds, a booster group for this fran franchise, it's it's crystal clear that that's how this went down when he brought this presentation forward to them last week or this week, whenever that was. It's it's all a blur at this point, but yeah. it's bad. So so this happened this happened on Saturday at their at their luncheon, which um, I found it interesting because when I saw the pictures, there were you know pictures of food, and usually it's pictures of food that really get me going on the internet and i loved what i saw with the waffles and all that other stuff come to find out apparently from folks who know that's the same kind of food that they serve in the media area the same kind of breakfast they have in the media area so it's not as if they really steep they really stooped a lot for this um but the the, the thing of it all is the fact that he got up and he's just started he had charts Steve, he had he had charts. I'm going to show this picture. This was a picture that was making its rounds on Twitter and it's on Reddit. It's all over the place. The chart of teams out of contention by opening day. What the heck was the Wait, end throw, game with this? Throw that throw that back up. But for the for the audio for the audio listeners, you know that is the title of the slide being presented uh we've got phil castellini on mic making this presentation to the booster group uh, underneath the text of teams out of contention by opening day according to phil since 2019 there is a 75 percent increase in the number of mlb teams out of contention by opening day the last three years have averaged 14 teams out of contention at the beginning of the season all right jeff let's just unpack that for just a second what he's saying is there's no point in watching the Reds. <laughs> None. They're, they're done. That we haven't even had the first pitch of spring training and we're out of contention. We're, we're, we're just, we're bad. I just, I, I can't imagine what it must have been like to be, uh, to be there because you're walking in and, and by the picture, you can tell that is uh, the, the bow tie bar up there in a beautiful area. I love going up there. It, one or two times a year sometimes getting the chance to see that uh place not handlebar. the bow tie bar the handlebar the handlebar i, I was saying the wrong thing um yeah, you're talking handlebar. about my happy place the bow tie, yes, bar. The bow tie <laughs> bar is a happy place and it doesn't cost as much to get to the bow tie bar as it does to the handlebar but um the, the handlebar is a great area and so you're walking up there you're thinking oh man this is gonna be fun this is our yearly lunch and getting to do this. Who knows? Maybe they had a chance to do it last year. Probably not. Probably next because of COVID. So this might be the first time they've done it in three years or four years. And now here comes the guy who makes all the decisions on the paychecks, who signs all the signatures on the guys who get to make the money to play baseball for your favorite team. 
And you're like, okay, what's he going to say? What are we going to hear here? Maybe he's going to talk about some exciting things. Maybe he's going to talk about some promotions around the ballpark. And he starts off by telling you why the Reds are already going to lose. And then he follows that up by saying that the Reds, the Cincinnati Reds, one of the most historic franchises in all of professional sports, the nonprofit organization. This would have been like signing up to go to a fancy dinner at Ruby's Steakhouse and having him come out and tell you why the food's going to be bad. It's just <laughs> awful. Now, I, I will say, uh, specifically on called the Reds a nonprofit. That's what he said. And if you're willing to give him the benefit of the doubt, which I'm not, if you're willing to read between the lines of what he said versus what he meant, which I'm not, but if you're willing to do all of that, what he was trying to say is the Reds are reinvesting all the money they have back into the product. But apparently there's not a person that works in the ownership group that could string that sentence together for him. There's not one person on the payroll that has enough pull to say, Phil, maybe you don't want to say that. Try this instead. There's nobody that Phil is willing to put his ego aside enough for in order to string together a coherent sentence and build some messaging to build up this franchise that is in the deepest, darkest pits in its entire 150 plus year history. Look, there's there's a lot of things that uh, were reported about what he said. There's a lot of things that he said that are and I don't want to go through every single thing because let's face it, he's wrong. Here's the thing that I want everyone to know. We cover the players. We cover the coaches. We cover the games. We cover what happens on the field. Steve is a lifelong Cincinnati Reds fan. I am a lifelong Cincinnati Reds fan. And we are going to be here long after the Castellinis are gone. So they can continue to run this franchise into the ground. They can continue to say these stupid things and, and get in front of microphones and have PowerPoint presentations that Fangraphs denounced as incorrect. And they can continue to try to alienate us. But at this point, I'm starting to get defensive about the fact that I'm a Reds fan to the people who own the Cincinnati Reds. And at the end of the day, I'm still going to love this team. And as much as it's going to pay me to watch what they might turn into and what happens if all of this, this uh, bright positivity that we have about the future of this team, if that all sinks, I'm still going to be here. So whether or not he knows that now, that's a good point, Jeff. And we talk about this a lot about the, the butts in the seats, about the fans in the stands, about the people buying tickets. And, you know, I, I got a pretty good suspicion of this when he opened his mouth last opening day. And it's now cemented in my mind. The fact of the matter is we've got a couple cabbage stand people that somehow managed to stumble their way into owning a major league baseball team right before that would have been impossible. It can never happen again in professional baseball because the franchise valuations are too high. Won't ever happen again, but they managed to, to bumble stumble their way into it. The fact of the matter is they're so in over their heads that the money that comes from just the TV deals, 
just the money that comes from Major League Baseball to the Castellini family before a ticket is ever purchased, a beer is ever sold, or a souvenir is ever uh, purchased in the gift shop. They've made more money than they could have ever dreamed about making. So they don't care. They don't care. So what's eventually going to happen in Cincinnati? Well, eventually the other owners of Major League Baseball will force them out. That's what will happen. And it's just a matter of time. I don't know if that's going to happen in one year, five years, or 10 years. But it will happen. Can you imagine when Phil is left to be the guy running this franchise? He's going to do something stupid. It's going to be bad. And he's going to get forced out. And until that day comes, I'm with you. I'm going to continue to go to the ballpark. I'm going to continue to follow these young players because even if they're not here for their whole careers, you know, I'll have fun watching them develop and then keep tabs on them when they go. Cause I love baseball and I love being at the ballpark and Phil can't take that away from me. And I won't let him. Not at all. Not at all. And you know what? Th- this isn't Hunter Green's fault. This isn't Nick Lodolo's fault. This isn't Jonathan India, Tyler Stevenson, Joey Votto. This isn't anybody on the field's fault that actually performs for this team. It, it's and not, it's not Nick fault. Cross fault. It's not Nick Cross fault not either, Cross by fault. the way. This is, this is not Nick Cross. Those guys are doing everything they can to build this team within the parameters that that man set. And they made some moves. They made some arbitration signings. They, they signed a veteran pitcher who's going to, uh, you know, compete for a rotation spot. And we're going to talk about those guys in a minute, but it's just, it, it is, it, it's blown my mind that it's gotten to this point that I, I, I'm, I'm mad at parts of the Reds. I'm not going to be mad at the entire team because I'm not mad at the players, not mad at the coaches, but I'm mad at the people that are in charge of my favorite team. Well, the big takeaway, Jeff, Phil Castellini is trying to drive us away and I'm not going to let him. Not going to let him. All right. We got arbitration. We've got some contract. There, there's some things that the Reds that moves that Nick Crawl made going to talk about those coming up here in just a moment before we talk about those though i want to let you know today's episode is brought to you by bet online bet online is your number one source for all your sports wagering information when you head on over to betonline.net they've got you covered when it comes to major league baseball for the futures for the teams that care and for some of the nonprofits as well plus they've got the nba regular season uh, odds and, and information going on you've got nfl as we're into the playoffs you've got ncaa basketball both men and women, and you've got the NHL as well. Plus, MMA, boxing, golf, all that great stuff can be found at betonline.net. Betonline.net also has you covered when you're talking about live wagering, when you got props, uh, or props, uh, point spreads, uh, money lines, over-unders, all of it can be found at betonline.net. Betonline.net can be accessed through your desktop or your mobile device, so check them out today and learn more about all of the trends in action because BetOnline, is where the game starts coming up tomorrow we have an awesome conversation because who is the most exciting reds prospect not named ellie de la cruz lindsey crosby from locked on mlb prospects will join us and answer that and as well as a few other things coming up on tomorrow's podcast but steve let's get uh let's get into some of the news because the reds made news they they avoided arbitration with every single arbitration eligible player on the roster and they signed a free agent let's start off though with the guys that kept 
Well, this is this is a list, and some of these names you may be surprised that they're even on this list. But uh, I'm just going to run through the list, and then we'll circle back and talk about them, Jeff. So the Reds have avoided arbitration with Luis Sessa, Justin Dunn, Lucas Sims, Kevin Newman, Nick Senzel, and TJ Antone. Uh, people may be surprised to find Kevin Newman and TJ Antone on this list. Antone being out all year, recovering from Tommy John, he was still arbitration eligible. Eligible, he got just a little tiny raise over the money he was making the year before. He's still going to be around for another year, and we hope back to the TJ Antone that was blowing guys away. Yeah. Uh, out of the bullpen. Uh, also on this list, surprising was Kevin Newman. This is just another guy. You know, they they knew when they traded for him, they were going to have to pay him. They knew what his numbers looked like, and I'm happy to see that the Reds uh, avoided the arbitration process with him. That can be uh, alienating for a player. If anybody's ever heard Sean Casey's interview talking about arbitration, uh, it's one of the funniest interviews out there. But right. you know, it ticked him off, and a lot of players report that back that they go through the arbitration process, and it makes them mad because the team. Teams basically got to talk them down and say, no, 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 they're really not that good. Let me tell you why in order to save some money. So I'm happy to see the Reds avoiding this particular process, especially with a new guy that they're bringing in to play shortstop for at least the foreseeable future, unless Ellie De La Cruz forces the issue sooner than later. But let's circle back to the top, Jeff. Luis Sessa, $2.65 million for the 2023 baseball season. Uh, you know, he got a raise, and I'm not surprised given all the things the Reds asked him to do in 2022. Yeah, he got up to $2.65 million, which, Steve, uh, funny enough, actually makes him the fourth highest paid player on this team. Um, absolutely worth it i think I, I, he he showed the versatility to be a guy that you can count on out of the bullpen or you can run him into the rotation if you need be i don't necessarily think he's going to start the year in the rotation this year i think that him pitching out of the rotation at all last year was simply just absolute necessity and i think that the reds would rather him pitch out of the bullpen but i i look for him to be a key contributor in the bullpen there uh at, at least they're probably I don't know that I call him bullpen ace one B like we did going into last season, but I definitely think that he's up there at the top. I find it interesting though, because of the injury that TJ Antone incurred and because he kind of got his career started a little bit late. Luis Sessa makes 2.65 million. If TJ Antone returns to form, do you know what he's going to be doing it uh, under what contract he's going to, or what yearly contract value he's going to be doing it under? TJ Antone, how much is he making next year? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Yeah, he's going to be getting a cool $770,000. Which, if that's he a deal. To form, that's going to be that's one. That's a deal. Heck. Yeah, that's a steal. But that's so, the. Go ahead. Yeah, yeah, but that's the craziest thing about this arbitration process is that, you know, like a team will put their number forth, a player will put their number forth, and they just pick one or the other. The reason that the Reds did the, the way that they did, they don't have to go to arbitration with anybody. This is all pre-arbitration stuff that they're just like, yep, we avoided it. We're good. So with the Luis Sessa signing, uh, I think it's interesting. You know, he's going to make $2.65 million. I think they're actually going to tell him he can compete for a starting job straight out of the gate in Goodyear. I think okay. that they'll start him out with the starting pitchers. They'll treat him like a starting pitcher. Uh and then depending on how he performs versus how a new red who we're going to talk about in just a few minutes performs, one of those two guys will make the bullpen and one of those two guys will be in the starting rotation. And I think it just depends on how they perform in Goodyear. Uh, it's very easy to take a guy that's been working out in Goodyear as a starter and just slide him over into the bullpen. 
harder to go the other direction because they haven't built up their arm strength. They haven't stretched out and built up their innings. So I think they're going to let Sessa work out with the starters at the beginning of spring training. That's my prediction. Uh, the That's next guy, point. go ahead. No, go ahead. No, I was about to do the transition that you. Okay. Well, the, the next guy on the list is a guy that I don't think they're going to start out with the group of starting pitchers. I think they're going to identify him right out of the gate as a member of the bullpen. And that is Justin Dunn. Uh, he got 900,000 uh, for a one-year deal here in 2023. And I think what we saw out of him kind of cemented in my mind that he is much better suited for the bullpen. I think you put Justin Dunn out there in the pen. He's a middle innings guy that you can have come out of the bullpen, throw his two best pitches for an inning, and then get on to the next pitcher. I think uh, there's value in the fact that he'll be able to throw a lot of innings that way because he has been a starting pitcher. Uh, but I just felt like his stuff, what I saw last season, first time through the lineup was pretty good. Second time through the lineup, not that bad. But then he got whacked. So for me, I think if he can just focus on his two best pitches, uh, three to four batters at a time, I think that's where we get the maximum value out of Justin Dunn. So I suspect that that's how the Reds treat him when spring training opens on February 14th out in Arizona. That's a good point. And I mean, you're talking about a guy that has the potential to pitch three innings. If he goes one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three, and you still only see the lineup one time. I, I agree with you. I think that that's where his best value is. Another relief pitcher who got, just a tiny raise is uh, Lucas Sims. He's up to one point two six seven million, which was uh, one point two million last year. So just a sixty seven thousand dollar raise. And then you have Kevin Newman at shortstop making two point six six three million. He'll be a nice utility piece, I think, whenever La De La Cruz does make his debut. Speaking of utility, Nick Senzel got a seven hundred thousand dollar raise up to one nine five from one two five. And that kind of rounds out the list. We talked about TJ Antone. You know, I, I I like that they avoided arbitration with. I think of the biggest piece of this is that that they didn't alienate any of these players. They they've got it done. They're locked up. They're signed, and they're ready to focus on baseball, which I think is great. Uh, in addition to these six guys, Jeff, uh, the Reds also brought in somebody new. They actually went out and signed a veteran pitcher. Now. Don't everybody cool your jets for just a second. <laughs> this is this is not that big of a deal. Uh, if you saw Jeff's little video on <laughs> YouTube when this was done, you kind of know how we feel about this already. But the Red signed uh, veteran starting slash relief pitcher Luke Weaver to a one-year, $2 million contract. Uh, if you don't know who Luke Weaver is, uh, I don't blame you. I had to look him up too. But in 2022, he played for both Arizona and Kansas City. Uh, he went one and one with a 6.56 ERA, uh, starting one game in 26 appearances. Now, he did strike out 38 while only walking 13, but that's because a lot of guys were beating his doors off. So he didn't walk them or strike them out. Uh, he does have some success, Jeff. Now, his best season was in 2019, pitching again for the Arizona Diamondbacks, where he started 12 games, went 4-3 and three with a 2.94 ERA, striking out 69 while only walking 14. I'll take that. If that's the guy that shows up for the Reds in 2023, that's a useful dude for $2 million. I think I could see a, a realm of reality where maybe that happens yeah no this is this is a move i don't know 
why this is the move. Uh, this is a move that follows along with the whole idea of teams not competing because, well, they just put them in a position to not compete by signing Luke Weaver. Like, I, I'm sorry. I, I don't want to seem like I'm picking on the guy, but the dude couldn't start for Kansas City last year. Like, if, if you can't start for the Royals last year, why is he going to start for us this year? Maybe and- Derek Johnson figures something out in spring training with him, but – Look, I mean, if 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 Luke Weaver is the Reds' answer to needing a veteran in the rotation, we're in big trouble this season. <laughs> that's that's absolutely true, and we're going to spend a lot more time talking about these picture pitchers in the run up to uh, spring training. Uh, don't worry, we're going to keep you completely filled in. But uh, speaking of spring training, Jeff, the Reds have officially invited several talented prospects to yeah. spring training as well. Uh, Coming up, we're going to tell you who and what it means right after this. Before we get to that prospect talk, uh, I just want to remind you that you can follow the show on all podcasting platforms, including YouTube. It's your first time here. Make sure you click subscribe and click the notification bell down below there because you'll get notified whenever we post something, whenever we do our live shows on Fridays. For our Aloha Friday lives, you will get notified. You will never miss an episode. In between shows, you can follow us on Twitter. You can follow me at S. Offenbaker with two Fs. You can follow Jeff at Jeff Carr. That's Jeff with three Fs. And you can follow the show at Locked on Reds. All right, Jeffrey, uh, we've been talking about guys coming to spring training. Arbitration is done. Nobody has to deal with that. We got a pitcher signed. He, It's true. He's a pitcher. And it's true. The red signed him. So that's done. Check mission accomplished. Yeah. I don't know, but there is something to be excited about with spring training. And that is the reds released a list of five guys that they are inviting out to Goodyear to participate in spring training. Now these are prospects. These are names you have heard, but may not quite be ready for prime time, but this is their first taste of the big leagues. This is their first taste of working out and playing with other major leaguers. And this is an important part of the process in bringing these guys along to get them ready to play in the major leagues. I think we see three of these five guys in the major leagues at some point this season, Stephen. Now some of them might just be for a cup of coffee, but this is a nice list. You've got Andrew Abbott who really shot through the ranks last year as far as Reds prospects go and pitched very well. I remember Tom Nichols saying that he's been one of the most impressive pitchers he's seen in a long time. You also have Connor Phillips, right-handed pitcher, and the famous player to be named later in the uh, Eugenio Suarez and Jesse Winker trade that, honestly, he's an all-or-nothing type pitcher. He's got a lot of strikeouts, but he also has a lot of walks. And Actually, uh, it's funny because we've already talked to him and that's going to be on tomorrow's episode. But Lindsey Crosby has an interesting take on Connor Phillips that I'll leave for Lindsey to to give to us on tomorrow's show. You also have the first baseman, Alex McGarry, who he was a guy that's not necessarily on a lot of radars, but he performed pretty decently last season. You have Matt McClain and Steve notice an interesting couple of letters in front of his name there. Yeah, the Reds still have him listed as a shortstop. And on the release that they sent out, they have him listed as a shortstop. Um, okay. I, I I still am 
I I would almost if Bet Online had a, a had a line on this, I would probably bet that Matt McClain does not play shortstop for the Reds, at least not with any regularity. He may get an inning here and there or a start here and there, but he's going to play someplace else. I'm I'm fairly certain of it. Uh, and then rounding out this list is your guy, uh, CES, listed as the third baseman. Listen, and and that's definitely. I mean, it, he again, he'll probably play there a little bit, but. Christian Encarnacion's train looks like a first baseman slash DH to me defensively. Uh, all of the reports are he's okay. He ain't great. And if that's what the reports are in the minor leagues, then it's not going to get any better once he gets called up. So it's all about the bat with CES. And we've said it before. We'll say it again until he probably does it. He could actually hit the tundra. Like the power that that dude has in his bat is absolutely phenomenal. And he's one of those three guys. So I mentioned three, I think, um, we see at some point this season, we see CES, Matt McClain, and Andrew Abbott in the big leagues at some point this year. I don't know that Connor Phillips is ready, and Alex McGarry, I, I still need to learn a little bit more about him. I know that there are some folks that are very high on him. I know a friend of the show, Crazy, he's very high on uh, Alex McGarry, but I, I'm not necessarily sure where he fits into this team's plans in 2023 but it's awesome to see the Reds get these guys some camp experience, like you said, get them started on their major league lifestyle and what that could look like. Yeah, as far as McGarry goes, I'm not sure that he's going to make the big league club, no matter what happens with Joey Votto. But I think he's on this list because of Joey Votto. There, yeah. Joey's not going to be, uh, I don't think, doing a lot of uh, heavy lifting, quote unquote, at the beginning of spring training. They're going to need guys to fill in. Uh, obviously, they're going to play some of the regulars over there that will be filling in for Joey Votto until Joey Votto's back at first. Uh, but you're going to need a little depth at that position, especially out in Arizona where you're playing squit, split squad games where you know the starters don't play more than three or four innings you know, to start things off. You need some depth. So I think that's why he's on this list and plus to get the exposure and just help move him along just a little bit. Connor Phillips, uh, you mentioned his command, and I think that's probably the single biggest issue right now, the single biggest thing for him to work on. And that work's not going to take place at the big league level. Uh, I think we see him probably in triple a. Uh, working on things to start the season. And then maybe he gets a call up towards the end, depending on the injury situation, depending, depending on what else goes on out in the Reds uh, bullpen or starting rotation. But I think it's probably likely we don't see Connor Phillips until 2024. Uh, Matt McClain, we've talked about, uh, we got a lot of content about Matt McClain coming up in our talk with Lindsay tomorrow. I'm going to kind of leave that for there. Like you said, uh, we'll, we'll address what we think is going to happen with Matt McClain tomorrow. So make sure that you have clicked subscribe and you don't miss that one because it's a really, really good episode. And then I'm with you on Andrew Abbott. He'll be in the big leagues this year. Uh, question is how the Reds will use him. Uh, maybe he goes in there and takes that starting rotation spot. The, you know, the fifth spot is up for grabs. It's between Andrew Abbott. It's between stout. It's between Brandon Williamson. Those three guys are going to be vying for the fifth spot in the rotation. So uh, one of them is going to get it, I think, right out of camp. So, you know, could it be Andrew Abbott right out of the gate? Could be. Uh, but either way, we will see him in Cincinnati in 2023. Absolutely. And you know what? I think that is a good spot to wrap up this edition of the Lockdown Reds podcast. Thank you all so much for watching. Thank you for listening. Coming up tomorrow, we've been talking about it. Who is the most exciting Reds prospect not named Ellie De La Cruz that will have the biggest major league impact this year? We ask Lindsey Crosby from Lockdown MLB Prospects that. 
and a few other things, including what does he know about Alfredo Duno? That's what we talk about on tomorrow's Duno. Lockdown Red Duno. Duno. Yeah, okay, uh, quickly, a, a, a catching battery, a catching, uh, gosh, somebody said it the other day, and I thought it just sounded so amazing. But our, we're trying to find the room for catcher room, the word for catcher room. Anyway, a catching room of Daniel Veohin and Alfredo. Alfredo oh. Duno. Alfredo some Duno. Amazing in the future. Can I Maybe get some happens. gelato? Anyway, we talk more about Alfredo Duno tomorrow with Lindsey Crosby. And speaking of Lindsey Crosby, now that you've listened to Lockdown Reds, go check out Lockdown MLB Prospects because he's got you covered. He's taken a season... <coughs> He's taking an off-season where he is doing episodes on all of the divisions. He's working on the National League East right now. If you check out his episode today, you'll get to hear about a team in the National League East. Uh, then you'll hear him here tomorrow talking about the Reds before he starts the National League Central on his show next week. That's the MLB Prospects Podcast, just like Locked on Reds, which is free and available on all your podcasting platforms. Jeff, our owner is not very bright. When it comes to public speaking, uh, maybe he's smart in some aspect of his life, but it sure ain't talking to the media. It sure is not public speaking. Uh, but beyond that, the Reds are doing things. They're making some moves. They got some transactions. What can the people expect from me and you the rest of this offseason? They can expect us to keep it together and keep them informed on what the Reds are going to be doing here in 2023 because we are locked on Reds every single day.